Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Sports Talk with Tonsoni. I'm your host, Brian Tonsoni. Welcome to the Delphi Bracketology edition, where we will be talking news and information about NCAA basketball. Hope you enjoy the show. And welcome to this week's show. We have a special guest from out west, Connor Hope uh, from Fansided's Busting Brackets. And Connor, I hope I uh, got that intro correct, but it's an honor to have you on the show and, and talk a little West Coast basketball. So welcome to Sports Talk with Tonsoni. Thanks, Ryan. Thanks. It's good. It's good being on. And uh, so we, we're in the Midwest and the East, and sometimes we shut the TV off at 11 o'clock, which is eight o'clock out on the West Coast. And I, I wonder if we miss some good basketball. And I, I wonder if that just kind of taints some of the um, national coverage. So first question I have for you is what should we know uh, about college basketball in the West? Um, first off, uh, I don't know. There, every conference for the most part is pretty much, um, you know, wide open. There, there's at least two to three teams in each conference that could really challenge for even the regular season titles at this point. There's no no, talk, no conference title is wrapped up. Um, the Pac-12 obviously is wide open. Uh, there are about eight or nine teams right now that are still in play um, to win the Pac-12. Um, you know, Gonzaga and Arizona obviously are once again the best teams out West uh, at this point in the season. But really, the, the, the news out West is not coming from the Pac-12. Right now, the mid-majors out West look to be uh, the most dangerous teams um, in in the West. You know, you've got New Mexico State out of the whack, uh, Gonzaga and St. Mary's obviously out of the WCC, and then even the Mountain West is looking better than it has the past couple of years. So the the mid majors out, out west are really what's uh, keeping the West um, competitive in the national scheme of things. Well, let's go to some specific conferences. I know there's regular season titles to be won yet, and, and a lot of the smaller conferences uh, you have to win to. Uh, to get to the tournament, and there might be a, a few teams that get an at-large bid. So I'm going to run down some of these West Coast conferences, and if you would, who do you think could win uh, the the berth, the, the automatic qualifying qualifying berth? Who's your upset special? Uh, and, and again, who, who who's the favorite? Who could win? And who's upset special? So let's start with the Big West. So right now in the Big West, um, my favorite to win the Big West is uh, UC Santa Barbara. They've just got, you know, top to bottom in their starting lineup as well as, you know, their bench players. Joe Pasternak uh, came in and just did work getting this team ready for the season. Uh, Max Heidegger is leading the conference in points per game. Leland King's leading it in rebounds. Uh, Gabe Vincent, comes, who came in as uh, the player everyone thought was going to be the best player on UC Santa Barbara, has really been, you know, just another cog in the wheel. Like, he is, he's, you know, they, he's their fourth leading scorer. But they've got four... Um, players averaging over 10 points per game. Uh, UC Davis, if uh, Chima Moneke comes back, right now he's suspended indefinitely, um, but if he comes back, UC Davis could challenge for that auto bid. And UC Irvine uh, seemed a little bit lost at the beginning of the conference season, um, has been pretty solid down the stretch. As for upsets, uh, my upset special is Hawaii. Um, outside of a, a five-game you know, five losing streak, uh, they have wins over UC Irvine, UC Davis, and they're one and one against uh, UC Santa Barbara. So they've proven that they can beat the top teams in the Big West. Um, so right now I'm looking at Hawaii, who sits at, I think, six and six. 
in the in the Big West to be that team that could really challenge and upset a few teams in the conference tournament. And that'd be something coming from I, I'm looking at maybe the sixth seed in that conference tournament. Uh, and so that's going to sounds like a very competitive tournament uh, coming up between those those teams. Let's go to the Big Sky Conference. So in the Big Sky uh, right now, my favorite is still Montana. They have had two straight losses, um, which kind of puts them back. They're only a half game up on Weber State. Um, but Weber State could win uh, Idaho is another team that could really compete for that auto bid. They're 3-0 against uh, the top four teams in the conference, um, Eastern Washington and Montana. They haven't played Weaver State yet, so we'll see how that goes at the end of the season. Um, but those three teams obviously are the, are the top of the conference. Uh, they all have really solid talent, and uh, they could all any of them could win the, the conference tournament. In that conference, the upset – team I'm looking at, and I think the team that most people would look at uh, right now um, got quite a bit of national coverage earlier in the season is Portland State. Um, They did lose Deontay North, um, but they've still been able to compete with the top teams in the conference. So uh, looking at Portland State, they're a team that if, you know, they get in and they can get some momentum in games, they can really uh, challenge those top teams. And, And being a bracketologist, I'm looking at Northern Colorado with an RPI of 119, which is the second best, and they're fifth in the conference or sixth in the conference. So there's some quality teams here in the big sky. Oh, obviously there is. I mean, absolutely. Uh, Northern Colorado, uh, Montana State, if Tyler Hall can get going, can be competitive. Uh, North Dakota, who has had a very down year, um, has kind of pulled it back a little bit um, up, and, and obviously they've been at the top of the conference for a couple of years. So you know, they could really compete. I mean, this this conference top to bottom, it's not the best conference in the country, but it is. it does have a lot of competitors. No, and it's nice to hear some of those, uh, about some of those teams. So when the championship rounds come on uh, for us out east, we can watch them and, and kind of understand who's playing. Uh, I think you know your smaller conferences regionally. Um, we know uh, the Missouri Valley around here and uh, and, and some of those and it's just nice to hear some of those players to watch and, and teams to watch. Let's move on to the uh, Western Athletic Conference. And, and right. a big team here is New Mexico State uh, have, have been making noise all year. Right. New Mexico State uh, right now is still the favorite to win. Um, they've got probably the two best players in the conference. Um, Seattle and Utah Valley, though, have also looked pretty good. And obviously New Mexico State has stumbled a little bit the past week. So, um, you know, it leaves room for Seattle and Utah Valley to make some moves. Um, the one team I'm looking at that could upset some teams, um, I'm not, you know, I don't think they have a chance of winning necessarily, but they could, they could provide a spoiler, is uh, UMKC. Um, they did beat Utah Valley and Seattle in back-to-back games. So they've proven that they can, if they get hot, they can beat some of these top teams in the WAC. And that's, uh, for our listeners, uh... UMKC is nine and nineteen right now, and they would be um, one of the bottom seeds in this conference. And that's what makes conference tournament action so uh, appealing. You you see a team that makes a run. Maybe they don't win three or four or whatever they have to win to get uh, the automatic qualifying bid, but they can upset a tournament with uh, one big win. What about Grand Canyon? And and I I, I feel bad. Is it Dan Marley? Is that the right? First yeah, name, yeah. Coach Marley, used to play in the NBA. Yeah. Um, Grand Canyon, it, they're not as good as I thought they were going to be coming into this season. I thought that Grand Canyon was going to be 
uh, not the favorite to win the conference, but they were going to be the the competitor to New Mexico State. Um, I just, I, I, they haven't been able to put it together, you know, consistently. And Seattle and Utah Valley are playing much better than I, I expected them to. So uh, Grand Canyon could definitely, um, you know, they'll they'll be the fourth seed, so they'll probably lose to New Mexico State in the tournament, but they'll they'll be competitive. And, and for our listeners, um, talk a little bit more about New Mexico State and and maybe where they'll be seated. There, it's going to be 13, 14, 15. And uh, do they have the possibility if they uh, get the the bid to uh, pull a first round upset? Yeah, if I'm a if I am a uh, three or a five seed, or no, yeah, three or five seed, you know, or or two seed, even for that matter, you know, if they're if they can win out and get a twelve seed, or um, you know, they're a thirteen or uh, you know fourteen seed, uh, I'm gonna be scared. I'm really gonna be scared of, of New Mexico State because. They are just competitive. They compete on the glass. Uh, you know, Zach Lofton can shoot lights out when he gets hot. Um, Jamario Jones does everything else for them. And if, if you're not ready to really compete for 40 minutes, you know, you saw it when they played Miami. They just, they will, you know, keep running and keep playing until that, you know, until the final second ticks off the clock. And I think they have a chance to be higher than uh, one of the higher seeds for the automatic qualifiers. Um, with the 47 RPI right now, they're they're looking at a 12 or 13 seed, uh, maybe at worst a 14. And so you're you're looking at a 12-5 NCAA tournament game. And if you follow all the bracket picking procedures, always pick a 12 to five. So yeah. there's maybe some clues for my listeners to. Uh, to pick New Mexico State. All right, let's move on to the Mountain West, and, and we'll go through the same procedure favorite and who could win and upsets, and then ultimately, is this a multi-bid league? So quite a few questions out there for you. So I, I'm going to preface this by saying um, I think that the Mountain West is a multi-bid league if Nevada loses in the conference tournament. Um, I, I agree. I think, and I think right now I would still favor Nevada to win, but I think with with their injuries and the lack of depth that they now have Boise state or Fresno state could really compete for that auto bid. Uh, Fresno state has an excellent backcourt. Obviously Boise state has Chandler Hutchison, who is, you know, one of the best, if not the best players in the conference. Um, so yeah, I, I think that Nevada is probably the favorite, but if they were to lose to Boise state or, or Fresno state in the, in the championship game, uh, the Mountain West is a multi-bid league. I don't think there's any doubt in my mind that unless Nevada, you know, loses out, that they're they're gonna miss the tournament. So, so you don't think that if Nevada wins, Boise State will have a chance at an at-large? I thought that Boise State needed to to win that home game against Nevada. I really do. And, and the fact that they lost, I think that kind of hurts their chances for an at-large. Um, they could still slide in, but I'm not gonna bank on it. And, and w there's been a lot of uh, bubble teams and teams on the 11 seed line, those last four in and first four out that are now winning. Yeah. And they have a lot of those quad one wins, four or five. Uh, LSU's not in our bracket right now, and they have seven uh, quad one wins. And so that's where you're going to have to compare a team like Boise. Um, Nevada's got a great uh, RPI, and that's going to help them tremendously if, if they should get knocked off. Um Talk a little bit about San Diego State. Uh, it seems to me they're having a little bit of a down year, and that's a little bit of a surprise uh, for a lot of people. 
Yeah, I kind of think that San Diego State uh, as a team is playing a little bit like Malik Pope has played his entire career, which is they were hyped up a lot coming in, and they just haven't been able to put it together consistently. Um, there are a lot of other teams in the Mountain West that have just had, uh, you know, a little bit more um, kind of, I, I don't want to say effort, but they've just, they've been able to consistently or string together more, uh, you know, perform uh, good performances. So can you, can you NLV win a game or two, or maybe even make a run for that tourney? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I think UNLV could make a run. I think Wyoming could make a run, you know, any of those teams that are sitting right behind those top three could do it. My upset special, the team that I'm actually really interested to see how they perform is Utah state. Because right now they're 2-0 this season against Fresno State. They split their games against Boise State. So I don't think they can beat Nevada, although Nevada now is shorthanded. But they, they have, they've, you know, they've beaten those top teams. Um, I think they're 1-1 one one against uh, New, New Mexico and stuff like that. So they're, uh, they're, they're a solid team. They, they haven't been able to you know, pull out a lot of wins, and they have lost to the bottom teams in the conference, um, San Diego State and, and others. So... But they they I mean they're they're a team that could, you know, potentially upset one of those other teams. And the, the thing that concerns me from a bracket perspective about Nevada with their injuries, if they happen to slip up here in the last two weeks somewhere, uh, and then an early exit in the tourney, um, that could put them at, at risk possibly if the committee looks at what they have been since um since some of those injuries have gone down. But I, I agree right now Nevada's in regardless, uh if if they win that yeah let's go to the west coast and another uh possible and probably if as a fan for me not a bracketologist should be a multi-bid conference uh the west coast conference yeah i mean right now you've got to think the favorite uh is gonzaga they've got six players averaging 10 plus points per game um they play well they play well on both ends of the floor uh they were able to figure out St. Mary's. Um, they were able to kind of isolate Jock Landale. So, um, you know, I think Gonzaga right now is probably inching closer to a runaway favorite. They're not, I think St. Mary's can still win that tournament. Um, obviously, I still think Jock Landale is the best player in that conference. And for St. Mary's, it really all depends on the play of Calvin Hermanson and Emmett Nahr. Uh, Calvin Hermanson has been struggling a little bit as of late. Um, but when he's on, when he can make his shot, you know, St. Mary's could could win that tournament. Um, How good is Land Landau? Did I say that? Yeah, pronounced that correctly. I'm hearing a lot of good talk, and again, like I said, we don't we see them when they play Gonzaga, and that's almost about it. Share with how good he is as a player. I mean, you you, you kind of saw it when they played San Francisco, right? He uh, he had 19 points. Um, and, you know, he fouled out, and then that's when San, San Francisco kind of pulled away, uh, put the game out of reach. Um, he's a game changer, and, and I think the the issue with that is if teams go at him like San Francisco was trying to, like Portland started off yesterday trying to do, like Gonzaga did when they beat them, which is prevent the the uh, entry pass. If you can prevent the entry pass, you've, you've kind of killed – any offensive momentum that St. Mary's has. So uh, he's not the biggest guy on the floor. So he's, you know, you can't really, he, he was, he's been outsized by a few teams this season. So um, if you can prevent that entry pass and put a, put a long guard in Emmett Nars face, uh, 
I think that, you know, he's, he's going to be a little bit quieter. But I do think, you know, he is one of the best players in the country. Besides those two top teams, uh, who else could win this conference? Um, there are three teams, I think, that could potentially upset one of the top two teams. Um, BYU, obviously, is the first school that everyone goes to. If TJ Haas is is playing at the top of his game, which is uh, not guaranteed, um, BYU could potentially upset one of those teams. Pacific, right now, you know, they came in and they, they looked like a team that was going to be sitting at the bottom of the WCC. Um, and they've really put their offense together. Uh, they play a little bit more of like a pickup style offense. They don't really run any set offensive plays um, or, you know, they don't run a lot of set offensive plays. So it's really, you know, whoever has the ball, get your shot and shoot it. And Miles Reynolds, um, Julio Tripp, Roberto Gallinat have been able to, to put the ball in the basket more than not. And they're sitting at fourth. And then the one team I think that could come from the bottom and kind of upset some teams is San Francisco. Uh, obviously they beat St. Mary's already this season. And for them, it's just the three ball. They can shoot the ball. If they can shoot the ball well from three, like they have at points this season, like they did at points last season, um, you know, the three ball is what leads to upsets a lot of the time. So uh, those three teams, I think the other five teams in the conference with as well, even with as well as San Diego has played defensively, just don't really have the offensive firepower to beat Gonzaga or St. Mary's. I'm going to show gonna my show age my... a little bit with uh, with uh... San Francisco. Uh, they used they to play used to Notre Dame and DePaul and come out to the Midwest. And um, it was been it was I really started liking them, and then they kind of fell off uh, from the national scene. So I kind of have a soft spot for the Dons. Yeah, they uh, they kind of fell off this year. Unfortunately, I was really high on them coming into the season, but uh, they put it together the past couple of weeks. So we'll see uh, we'll see how they do in the tournament. And the league that most of us in the Midwest and East know about is the Pac-12. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on the regular season and tourney for them? Um, right now, obviously, the favorite is Arizona. They have one of the best players in the country in DeAndre Ayton, uh, another player that's probably one of the best players in the country in Alonzo Trier. Um, you know, they just they just have it all. And they have, you know, they can go six, seven, eight deep. Um, they have two huge players in the in the in the middle, and they have a really good point guard, really good wings. So they're they're my favorite to win. Um, after them, I mean, I've got six or seven teams that could challenge. You know, USC, UCLA, um, Utah are are playing really well. Uh, Arizona State, Washington, and Oregon have been a little bit inconsistent in conference play but we're pretty good in the non-conference and have, and have pl- beaten some of those top teams. So um, really, I mean, there's, there's six or seven teams that you could legitimately say have a shot at winning uh, that conference tournament. And, and the thing with Arizona is they've lost six games, but three of them came in that early tournament. Um, and it was without Raleigh Alkins, I think. He was yeah. out for a while. And then, you know, those conference tournaments, uh, from my vantage point, if you win, those are nice. If you lose, they're – they have to be somewhat discounted because very rarely do you play three in a row without a scouting report and a time to practice. Uh, usually you have a day off in between tournament games. So uh, that, that I think helps their resume a little bit, but how many teams do you think the PAC 12 will, will get in? There's, there's some teams that like Arizona that are good. Arizona state got off to a hot start. And then there's a bunch of teams with some questionable resumes and USC just had a horrible injury with Boatwright going down. Yeah, I I think I'm leaning towards four or five for the Pac-12. 
I think that Arizona's in. I think Arizona State's probably safe. Um, if UCLA can win a couple more games, I think they're probably in. And then after that, you know, Utah could, could earn a bid. Washington could save a bid. You know, USC, I don't necessarily think they're completely out of the picture, but with Boatwright out, it, it hurts their ability to win those last couple of games. Um, but yeah, I, I think four is probably a safe bet. Five, if you know the committee decides to slide them in over, you know, a, an LSU or something like that. that. That's that's what we have currently. We have Arizona, Arizona State, uh, Washington, and UCLA in that order of a, a variety of seeds, with USC in the first four out and Utah uh, being watched. So we're kind of looking at uh, those six schools from from our school bracketology uh, perspective. Well, so th those are some main main conferences. Did I forget any conference that uh, you cover uh, out on the West Coast? No, no those, are the, those are the six. Um, just a, a note on the Pac-12, the, the upset school that I'm kind of looking at is Arizona State is interesting to me because they have the talent and they have at points this, especially the past couple of weeks, shown that they can put that talent together um, can they do it on a neutral floor? I don't think so. But if they can, they could be dangerous to a school that doesn't necessarily take them seriously. Yeah, and and the tough thing for teams like that that may have some consistency issues is doing it two or three times in a row uh, to get that championship. But I I do believe they're dangerous. They have some offensive firepower. Defensively, I think they that's where they get uh, hurt sometimes. Yeah. Okay, so. Uh, the, the next topic is coaches on the West Coast. What what coaches uh, do you think are, are some of the two or three, four best coaches uh, on the West Coast? So I split this into – I split these two into two groups. Um, right now, I think up-and-comers on the West Coast that could potentially earn that that uh, spot as, you know, one of some of the best coaches, um, Joe Pasternak at UC Santa Barbara, uh, Sean Miller, um, protege, uh, Chris Yams uh, out at New Mexico State, who uh, spent some time under Marshall, uh, Wichita State. And then Mike Hopkins. I mean, Mike Hopkins is, has, in one year, turned a Washington team that was at the bottom of the Pac-12 into a team that can make the tournament after losing the number one overall pick in the NBA draft. Um, so those three are up-and-comers, but I think you've got to go Mark Few um, at Gonzaga, Sean Miller at Arizona, and this might seem be a surprise to some people, but Larry Kristoviak at uh, Utah, I think no matter what players he has, he always seems to make Utah at least a team that's in the picture. They might not make the tournament every year, but you know, regardless of with what talent he has, they're always they always seem to be right right there. That's that's a great uh, catch there. Seventeen and nine this year, yeah, and, and on the bubble uh, doesn't matter who he graduates, whatever, consistently has his teams play. And, and I've caught a few of their games, and I just like the way they play. Uh, I think they're well coached, and they play a nice style of basketball. So that I, I, that is, I, I was not thinking in that direction, but I, I believe that that's a really good choice there. Um, what, um, what players uh, are the players to watch? You, you, you know, obviously some Arizona and UCLA we're probably more familiar with. Uh, if if you could pick five or six players to watch this March, uh, who would they be? Um, so I'm going to say DeAndre Ayton uh, at Arizona, um, and then Aaron Holiday at UCLA are probably the two Pac-12 players that people should really watch. I think Aaron Holiday doesn't get enough credit for what he's done with at UCLA. Um, 
He's, you know, at the top of the conference in points per game scored. He, you know, distributes the ball well. And I think it was actually, it was somewhat of an injustice that he was left off of a lot of those uh, player of the year lists because really, I mean, he is the reason why UCLA is still in the position they're in. Um, and didn't he, he t- uh, took a seat on the bench for Alonzo uh, Ball last year and yeah. still and still contributed and then came back this year and is having a really solid year. That, that, that shows a lot about his character. Yeah. It shows a lot about his character. And I mean, he's a talented guy. Both his brothers are in the NBA. um, So he comes from a family that's proven that they can play basketball really well. Um, So those are the two in the PAC 12 that I think should really be watched is, is Deandre Ayton and and Aaron holiday Um, in the whack. I'm going to go with Zach Lofton and Jamario Jones at, at New Mexico state. I think, you know, each one has their their role on the team. Zach Lofton obviously is the go-to scorer. Jamario Jones competes on the boards. He'll play defense. He'll he'll really do everything else uh, for New Mexico State. Um, and then you know, Caleb Martin, Jordan Caroline at Nevada, Chandler Hutchinson at uh, Boise State are you know probably the three best players in the Mountain West. Deshaun uh, Taylor though is is right there at Fresno State, and Brandon McCoy. Uh, is another one at UNLV who are, they're just really fun to watch. Um, so, and then, other, so those are, okay, go ahead. Um, and yeah. So then, I mean, that's the mountain West. Uh, what were you going to say? No, I just, I just, I think I cut you off. I think you have some more players. Oh yeah. Uh, I'm just going through conferences. Okay. Uh, WCC, uh, Rui Hachimura for Gonzaga. Um, you know, he's a, he comes off the bench for the Zags. Uh, he's just, he's a very long, very athletic, uh, kind of, uh, three, four, uh, combo forward, uh, for the Zags. And especially in the WCC, there's not really a player like him. There's, there's not a player that's his size that is athletic, is as athletic as he is. Um, Jock Landale's another one in the WCC that, that, that's really fun to watch. And if you're, you know, watching the WCC tournament, uh, Yoli Childs for BYU, uh, it's kind of a smaller power forward, but really competitive on the boards uh, and really good on the interior. And then I could I could name players in the Big Sky, but the Big Sky is just it's one of those conferences where you've got every team seems to have a player that scores twenty plus points per game. Um, that's just the way the Big Sky is it's built. So if you're looking for you know games where one player is just going to go or two players, I guess one for each team is just going to go off for a bunch of points. Watch the Big Sky Conference. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of offense there. Yeah. What um, kind of what team do you think will make the the biggest push in the NCAA tournament? Uh, that's that's from these conferences. Who will go the deepest this year? Uh, a single team or a couple teams? I think right now um, Gonzaga and Arizona are the only two that I can comfortably say uh, could you know will be or could be second weekend teams. Um, on the same note, either of them could lose in the first round. That's just the way they play. I think Gonzaga is less susceptible to a first round upset than Arizona. Um, But either team, you know, they could go second weekend, they could go deep or they could lose really early. Um, And then besides that, I think that, you know, there's not really another team that I would comfortably say is a second weekend team. I think UCLA and Nevada are probably the closest um, if Nevada can, can get over its depth issues. Um, and then if New Mexico State can catch people off guard or Arizona State can shoot hot from three. But, you know, Gonzaga and Arizona right now are the only two that I can comfortably say are good enough on both ends to be second weekend teams. 
Yeah, we have Arizona in the three four range, and we have Gonzaga in the four five range right now. Um, yeah. As far as what their seed might be at this point in time, and yet to be be determined. So you're a Gonzaga grad. Um, what's it like? Uh, I, I've I collect college gear, and I have some Gonzaga sweatshirts and hats, and so I, I've watched from afar. But how's it been to go to school there and, and root on what I think is probably for me the the most fun program to follow on the West Coast. Oh, man, it's great. I mean, they are, you know, it's a small school. You've got five under 5,000 undergraduate students. Um, if you include graduate students, you're just around 7,000. Um, you're in Spokane, which is, you know, a nice little city in eastern Washington. Um, and it's just, I mean, it's great. You know, the community is all about Gonzaga basketball. The school is all about its athletic teams, not just the basketball teams. Um, you know, it's about both. Both basketball teams are, you know, doing really well in the WCC, the uh, men's and the women's. But, you know, they it, the school is just all about their athletics and especially about basketball. You know, you've got people coming in to Gonzaga who have never watched a game of college basketball in their life and they come out being college basketball fans. So, you know, it's a it's a fun school to go to. Um Campus kind of shuts down every time they, you know, are playing. So it's uh, it's interesting. It's it's not like the other schools where you've got football teams to keep you, you know, um, kind of there during the fall and, uh, you know, baseball in the spring. You know, everyone's just kind of waiting for winter, you know, waiting for that fall winter season for basketball. That's on my bucket list to make it out there for a basketball game sometime. So, Connor, thank you for your time, and thank you for the knowledge on the West Coast basketball. It's a good brand of basketball. And find Connor's work at BustingBrackets.com, and uh, make sure that uh, you read his work. He does a really good job, um, on, and he's a fan of all the sports. So that'll do it for uh, this edition of Sports Talk with Tonsoni, Delphi Bracketology edition. Uh, you can uh, find us on Twitter at Delphi Brackets. You can find this podcast at Sports Tons. Leave us some comments. Uh, let us know what you'd like to, to talk about. Uh, also, please, um, if you can, look up Project 44 at Butler University in honor of Andrew Smith, the former basketball player who lost his life to le- leukemia. We'd like to uh, shout out um, that, that Project 44 is to get people to sign up for born bone marrow transplant registry in order to save a life. And just the last Butler game, the first life that was saved because of Project 44, a, a young boy, age four, was able to go to the Butler game. Uh, it's a great cause. It's something that I'm really going to try to uh, promote as much as possible. So be the match, Project 44. Thank you for listening. And until next time, happy hoops watching.